In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We hear Jesus' teaching from the Gospel of St. Matthew in chapter 6. Here are His words. No one, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate one or love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve both God and mammon. A lot of people want to try to understand mammon as being money. This is not true necessarily. That's part of the scene. We need to understand that mammon is much more than money. The idea of serving mammon. Because God is not saying that the money we make from our livelihood that is used for our provisions is in any way, shape, or form evil in any way. In fact, it is God who provides the jobs, that provides the money, that provides our needs. So we're not to look at that as it's evil. God, God above all understands how this world works. And more importantly, understands the needs of each and every one of his children. The church says the question is this. The issue, as Christ states, is this. What or whom do we serve? What or whom do we serve? The question is, in this life, what is the focus of our desires, our passions? Do our desires in this life drive us in the pursuit of Christ and His kingdom? Or have we become slaves to all other things that actually distract us from that pursuit? Do we get entrapped and enslaved into servanthood of the things of this world? This is what our Lord is putting before us today. And His teaching that you heard read today in Mass from uh, St. Matthew in chapter 6 was in the middle of an entirety of thought, an entirety of teaching. If we look a little bit earlier in the Gospel of St. Matthew, and you heard this read if you were at Vespers last night, that Jesus said this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, or where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We cannot serve. We cannot make ourselves servants of both God and the things of this finite earth. And last night at Vespers, I challenged those who are with us with this question. What's your treasure? Well, to answer the question, what is the treasure of our lives? We need to understand how they show in our lives so that we can discern such things. And the reality is, if we inspect our lives, if we look at the way that we live our daily lives, if we look at our thoughts, if we look at our goals, things that we want to achieve, if we, if we look at our daily routines and our actions, they show us very clearly, if we'll look honestly, they show us what our treasure really is. So I encourage you, even in these moments, as we continue, look at your lives. What do you see? Do you see in your daily patterns and lives a life given over to God, offered to Him? 
Do you see a life that pursues Him with everything in you? Or do you see a life distracted and bent on things that distract us from that very eternal wonder, the relationship and union we have with God? Because here's the truth, and this is what Jesus is getting across in the Gospel of St. Matthew in chapter 6. And all of us know this. We've experienced this in our lives from time to time. That when we get ourselves into a position of serving something other than God, when we are pursuing something other than God, anxiousness comes into our lives. Worries come into our lives. Concerns come into our lives. Restlessness enters into our soul. Because there is not one thing upon this earth, not one thing that can bring restlessness and quiet to the soul. The only thing that brings that, I should say the only one who brings that, is our Lord God. And this is what our Lord is teaching us in the Gospel of St. Matthew. And this is why, in that same Gospel, in that same chapter, our Lord gives us the antidote to a life of servitude to something other than Him. An antidote to the restlessness. An antidote to the lack of peace. So that we can have it in our lives once again. And here's how he gives that antidote. He says, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will wear. Okay, Lord, so how do we not worry about these things? He gives the answer. Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of much more value than they? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, Will he not much more clothe you, O oh, of little faith? The antidote to the worries, the antidote to the anxieties that this life brings that we get wrapped up in is setting our face, the face of our soul toward God and pursuing him. A year ago, on this very day, when we had this very scripture, I shared with you a testimony that I share again. And you'll see why. When I lived in New Orleans every year for the last five years that I was there, every year in February, I would go on a four-day silent retreat. And at one particular retreat, or just beforehand, I had piled up on me such financial pressure and anxieties. And one of the weak links in my armor as a young adult Christian, and, and it's still coming out of it, is the issue of finances and worry over such things. And so during that time, I was particularly stressed with a lot of anxiety. It was very hard at that time. We were homeschooling our kids to be a one-income family so that Korea Debbie could teach the kids. It was it's difficult today, but it was difficult then, plus we had some other things hit. So I go on this silent retreat, and this is the very thing that comes to mind. I heard the words of the Lord in Scripture say, consider this, consider that. Let me tell you about this place that I went. This place is one of the most beautiful places, quite honestly, I've been. It was acres and acres and acres of rows of these big, old, 
oak trees with Spanish moss in them. Flowers all around. It was beauty. It was close to the Garden of Eden, as I like to think. It was beautiful. And so I sat during a chunk of that retreat, and I did what the Lord said. I started with the birds. And I just watched them. But I considered what he was saying. He said, look at the birds of the air. Look at the birds of the air. They don't work for a living. I've created them. Does it look like they have any needs? Or are they provided for? And I watched them and everything that they would do. And I sat there and I looked and I said, there's no worry in them. There's no worry in them. And then I went around to all these beautiful flowers that I could see. And I'd see them from a distance. And I'd go up close and look at them and how extraordinarily beautiful that they were. In fact, as I got closer and closer to them, I looked at each one of them. And they, even though they look the same from a distance, you get up close and they're so uniquely different every petal. Hand painted by God. And I looked at them and I considered, okay, you clothe these flowers in such a way like this. And they don't work, they don't toil, they don't spin. They don't store things. How much more will you prepare for me? And I tell you, I did this for hours and hours and hours. And I promise you this, as I did it. The peace of God that went beyond my circumstances settled into my soul in such a way I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave. Now here's why I bring this to your attention today. Not only because it goes along with the scripture, but this week I revisited exactly what I'm talking about. That experience I had with God those many years ago. And I think it's always important for us when we have experiences with God that we continue to consider them over and over again. Because the Lord will show us greater and greater things over time about himself. In fact, this is exactly what the Blessed Virgin Mary did. We're told in Holy Scripture. When she had had the angel come to her, she'd seen the angelic host. She'd heard everything that God was doing surrounding the birth of her son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And it said that she pondered all of those things in her heart. Well, I pondered this in my heart. What I saw was something more than I'd even seen before. Why is it that God tells us to consider birds, consider flowers, consider the work of His hands? When I looked at what He was really doing all those years ago to bring me peace, it was this. When I looked at the birds, when I looked at the flowers, they had the mark of His handiwork on them. Every provision, when I looked at the birds, the concentration wasn't on the birds, they were showing me God. When I looked at the flower, they were showing me the handiwork of God on their behalf. What God is saying to us today is that when we are in anxiety, when we discover those areas in our lives where we are in service to something other than Him, and that restlessness comes into our soul, set your face toward me again and do so by looking at all the things that I have done in creation and in your life. In fact, my mind discovered something from King David, the blessed psalmist in Psalm chapter 8, because he experienced this. Listen to his words. He says, when I consider your heavens, the work of your hands, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. What's he doing? He is beholding, he's setting his face on the things that God done, on the heavenlies, on the moon and the stars, on all the things that God has ordained. Listen to what it leads him to proclaim in his heart. 
Because later in that psalm, he proclaims, having looked at all of these things, beheld all of these things, he says, O Lord, our Lord, how magnificent is your name in all the earth. And that Hebrew word for name is so important for us to get. Because it's not just saying God, the word God, for the name God. When, it said, when he says, how excellent is your name, he's saying, how excellent is your nature. How excellent is who you are. How excellent is your renown? How excellent is your reputation for all of these things that you've created? All of these things that you've ordered? All of these things that you've set into place? I look at them, I see you. God is revealing Himself through His handiwork to us. And it is only, my friends, the revelation of God Himself in our life that stills the disquietude. It is only the revelation of God in our lives that brings rest to the soul out of restlessness. And so let me ask you something without you nodding your heads. Do you more often than not experience anxiety? Restlessness, disquietude, a lack of peace in your life? If so, then I would call you, rather our Lord would call us all, Take a look at where our treasure is at that given moment. <clears throat> because are we trapped in the enslavement of something of the earth? If we are, he calls us and he concludes his teaching with the most simple, blessed words that have been made into a song that children have sung for decades. The antidote to our anxiousness. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Your Father knows your needs. My Father knows my needs. We keep our faith set on Him. He reveals Himself. And we are at peace as He provides in ways that we can never understand. In the name of the Father and of the Son.